Yo, what's up? This is the Fat Jewish. You're tuned into Material World. Balling by an ostrich. Welcome back to Material World, where we're digging into the stories behind all the things you spend your money on. I'm Jenny Kaplan. I cover all the things you drink and smoke for Bloomberg News. And I'm Lindsay Rupp. I write about the stores in the mall for Bloomberg. Like it or not, celebrities have a big influence on our lives. They impact what we think is stylish and cool, and companies often hire celebrities to create a product's voice and image. Even if you aren't someone who follows your favorite TV stars on social media or checks out the celeb-populated pages of magazines, somehow that knowledge just seeps in. Let's talk about something else. I think Chloe is probably the smartest of the Kardashians because, like, she makes the most sense. I've never seen their show. I just know that Kim is a butt star and married a rapper who hates college, and Courtney finally ended her destructive relationship with Scott. Meanwhile, Kim's firing back at the haters with a naked pregnancy selfie. Wait, how do I know all this? Just like Kimmy in that clip from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, we're all more intimately aware of celebrities' lives than ever, thanks in large part to social media. Can companies use that to advance their brands? Well, we're going to try to find out. Today, we're examining how the rich and famous influence the things that you buy and how celebrities are changing the ways that they are getting involved in retail. We even have some real VIPs here to help us figure out why they do what they do. Many celebrities are saying no to endorsement deals where they're paid to say that they like or use a product. As they're building their own personal brands, celebrities are looking for opportunities to put their money where their mouths are. From a company perspective, big corporations and small startups alike get recognizable faces to talk up their brands. Yeah, but I mean, why seek out a famous name? Henry Schaefer is an executive vice president at the Q-Scores company. He works with brands and analytics to match companies with their ideal celebrity spokesman or spokeswoman. He's going to help explain why hiring a big name can be a boon for business. What the celebrity initially brings to the table is how familiar they are with your consumer target, which will make them be more attentive, with a higher level of awareness, obviously, to whatever the message is that you want to communicate or uh, keep them emotionally connected to whatever you're presenting to them on whatever platform. So that's the first key. And then how compatible the celebrities perceived uh, images with the attributes you want to convey about the brand. You know, is it going to be a believable connection, an Mm -hmm. appropriate connection, Uh, that sort of thing, to ensure that there's uh, an attentiveness and an ultimate purchasing impact, if that's your goal, that's going to happen with that relationship. That makes sense. Sometimes if I'm choosing between two things that are basically the same, if I associate one product with a celebrity I like, I am a little more inclined to pick that one because I I at least feel like I know more about it. These days, it's more than just seeing a star holding up a product. I don't necessarily believe that a celebrity in a TV ad really uses what he or she is selling. Like, do you think Jennifer Aniston really uses all those things she advertises? 
With social media, fans seemingly get a more personal look at what celebs like Taylor Swift or Carly Kloss are doing. With that, celebrities are thinking more about what they lend their names to. And I don't know if I felt in the past like I had to take endorsement deals. I think that when you're new to something and you get excited and you're young and you're, you know, so like bright eyed and bushy tailed and you're like, okay, like so many things are exciting. That was Khloe Kardashian, who this month launched a new line of denim called Good American with her business partner, Emma Greed. Not that you don't know better, but it's new and it's fun and things. But then you learn, you're like, okay, that that really wasn't me. Or I don't know if that's what I stand for. And you're young and you evolve and get older. And now I'm very secure and confident with who I am and what I want to do. And I also, I just know I don't, you don't have to take everything that gets thrown your way. And, but it's just, I think getting, well, now I'm doing things by myself. This isn't with me and my sisters. And it's more of just my voice and something that I truly believe in. As Chloe well knows, a big part of being famous is cultivating an image and getting people to love you, or at least love to hate you. Everything you do has to be on brand. One celebrity who's done a particularly good job garnering loyal fans is Beyonce. Ugh, love Beyonce. Well, the Beehive is a seriously devoted group of people, just like Lindsay. And Queen Bee has been the face of brands throughout her career, including Pepsi. Beyonce is also an active businesswoman. She invested in 22 Days Nutrition, a vegan diet kit, Ivy Park, her athletic apparel line, and most recently, Watermelon Water, a high-pressure processed watermelon juice. As an investor, what does Beyonce bring to the table? If you're a startup like Watermelon Water, why partner with someone who used to be the face of a company that makes soda? We founded Watermelon Water in March of 2013. And we were ready to launch early summer. That's Jody Levy, co-founder and creative director of the company that makes watermelon water. And I made a connection with Whole Foods Northeast. The Northeast region is where, obviously, New York City is. And we planned to launch with the new store in Brooklyn, which was opening in Gowanus. And with that, um, on December 12th, 2013, within hours of the Gowanus Brooklyn store opening, Beyonce launched a track to the world that just dropped through uh, digital social marketing called Drunken Love. And it ends in the lyrics, I've been drinking watermelon. And it was this wild, unplanned, serendipitous moment where uh, I quickly connected with her team, sent some product to her, and it was sort of the beginning of our brand and the beginning of this amazing partnership. Fast forward a year. And I went in to speak to her management, and we identified the alignment in mission-driven, social-focused businesses between her platform and her businesses and her interest in investing in businesses and what we were doing with Watermelon Water on a product level, a brand level, and kind of what I call reciprocal communications, which means taking the marketing dollars that we put towards the brand and doing things to give back. And that was the inception point of really talking about a meaningful partnership. So now that you are partners with Beyonce, what does she bring to the table? What does she bring as an investor? We, When we announced her investment in the company, we were able to use the energy from that announcement and the awareness of her association with our brand and our product to really spread this word about how important it is to take care of ourselves. So what we put in our bodies affects how we feel and operate in the world. And her 
investment and the um, the support that she went out with, with this news of her investment and her pride in her investment in watermelon water really helped to amplify and raise awareness and therefore, you know, not only increase sales, but more importantly, help amplify awareness in different markets around the country that wouldn't necessarily have access to a cold press refrigerated product. So Beyonce's involvement with Watermelon Water has really helped amplify the importance of clean, healthy products and getting Watermelon Water into the 15,000 retail locations that we are around the United States. When you were talking with Beyonce and with perhaps some of the other athletes, certainly, and other big names that are involved with Watermelon Water, did you have qualms with their previous involvement in other brands? I mean, I know Beyonce, for example, was a spokeswoman for Pepsi, and which makes a lot of products that aren't along that same ethos. You know, ethos. So was it something that you had to consider? I consider people's association with past companies and brands and initiatives always. And I think much like the people that drink watermelon water, there's a switch. There's a paradigm that shifted. Specifically in the world of hydration beverages, there's food science now that's enabling us to make clean, raw, cold-pressed products that aren't pasteurized and don't have additives and don't have chemicals. And with that shift that's happening in the food and beverage industry and in many industries because of science and innovation, it's allowing us to access new lifestyle choices that weren't available before. So with the example that you just gave with Beyonce and Pepsi, I think it's an amazing shift that she has been with other brands in the past and now she's drinking and supporting and investing in a brand like Watermelon Water that really represents this shift in this paradigm shift in the natural cold pressed raw food movement. transition from celebrity endorser to investor has meant a lot more attention for smaller companies. Did you know LeBron James dropped his deal with McDonald's for Upstart Blaze Pizza? I do, but probably only because I work here. A lot of famous people want their names attached to things that they believe in. I mean, look at Oprah Winfrey. She bought shares of Weight Watchers, and now she makes ads about her own experiences with the program. Yeah, her weight loss actually affects the company's share price. A whole bunch of celebrities even parodied their perhaps undeserving influence in this PSA to get people to vote. You might think it's not important. You might think you're not important. But that's not true. And the only way we can prove that to you is by having lots of famous people. Lots of famous people. Lots and lots of famous people. Just a shit ton of famous people. Repeating how important. 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 How important it is. Register. 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 Basically, um, they have influenced consumer spending in a wide variety of areas, from selfies to makeup to children's wear. If there's a family that has captured and capitalized on personal celebrity best, it's got to be the Kardashians. If you look at these sectors that are growing and developing, you can see parallels right back to the Kardashians. 
Andrea Felstead writes commentary about consumer companies for Bloomberg's Gadfly. She recently wrote a column entitled, Happy Birthday, Kim Kardashian, Love the Consumer Biz. They have been very astute with social media. They've also been um, very, also been very astute at developing their own business lines. The, the Kardashian sisters have had the Dash boutique for a number of years. Kylie Jenner, one of the half sisters, has got her own makeup line. They they straddle consumerism and media very very well. I mean, I think beauty is the is one of the big ones that they've influenced with Kim Kardashian doing the contouring and that has that has spawned a massive trend in cosmetics first in the high end and now in the sort of the lower end um, echelons of the market and I think if anything there's room for them to develop even more products in this area I'd really pull out the beauty and the children's wear trends that you know you can really just directly focus them back to the Kardashians, um, you know, Northwest with her cute little outfits. She is really the celebrity child that stands out in all this um, and with the beauty as well. So I think those two really, um, really stand out. The other thing is the sort of the older shoppers with the uh, with the mum. You know, she's really out there as an older lady who enjoys fashion and enjoys looking good. And I think that's a whole area that retailers really haven't tapped. It it really spans the um, the whole income stream and the generations. Obviously, the younger generation is probably more influenced by social media and selfies, but it goes right the way through. Let's get back to Khloe Kardashian and her business partner, Emma. Their Good American denim line is aimed at making stylish jeans accessible to people in a broader range of sizes than are currently available. We talked about how Chloe's role as an endorser and investor changed as she grew up in the spotlight. We decided to really make a denim for the masses, for like the everyday woman. We have a range that uh, goes from a size 0 to a 24. Um, We don't like to use the word plus size because that's not fun. And I also think that's not... Relatable nowadays, I think they say like a size ten is considered like a plus size, which it's is crazy, so unrealistic, yeah. and that's not fair. Yeah, it's for sure. I think we created the brand, you know, for ourselves first and foremost, and it was really, <laughs> you know, it's true. Like we both wear denim a lot, and we saw this opportunity, but it was really about creating something that we believed was about, you know, this new idea of what is sexy, and you know, sexy comes in lots of different shapes and sizes. And I think that nowadays we all wear jeans so much; it's such a staple for every woman's wardrobe. And you know, the luxury denim market is is what it is because we all buy into it so much. And it's a shame that actually when you get into luxury denim you know it seems to stop at a size 32 and that's just ludicrous I think that you know the average American woman is a 16 to 18 and why would you set up a company and kind of miss hundreds of millions of potential customers so for us it was really about creating a desirable product something we wanted to wear and just making it really available it to me is just ludicrous that you know a woman's size would dictate what fashions are available to her. Chloe your name is attached to all sorts of different products. And I'm curious how you pick what things you do attach your name to. I mean, it seems like you have a lot of choice out there. So what drew you to this brand and how do you pick kind of brands generally? Well, with Emma, Emma approached my mom. Her and my mom have a longstanding business relationship. And I do love denim and I do. I mean, that's something that I'm passionate about. Um, 
it just when Emma approached me with it, I was like, that, you know, I would love that, especially if I get to have like creative control and I'm able to voice like these are the things that I find issues with. And just says that this is a brand that other people will stand behind because it is empowering women. And I think that's what made me want to sign on the most. Traditionally, celebrities involved with companies, it's been, you know, slap my name on something or I'm endorsing something. You seem to really want to be involved. Can you talk a little bit more about your different roles in the company and also how why you decided to be hands-on and enmeshed rather than just licensing? Well, I don't believe in doing licensing deals like that anymore. I feel like I want to put my name on something that I want to like wear and something I've had full like control in and we're able to be a partnership and not just I don't want to just loan out my name I think that comes off as not being authentic and if I don't want to be involved and just know the brand I I don't think I should be involved in stuff like that I think that's so easy but I think that stuff lasts for that's no long term and I want something that's long term and something that I just could feel good about. Like you said, so many people slap their names on so many things, but it's it it's so watered down at this yeah. point and I don't believe in doing I don't need to do that stuff. Well that's anymore. part of it, isn't it? I mean you get to a point, I guess, in, in your career and I'm speaking on behalf of Claire. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to she she clearly doesn't need to do that at this point in your career. And I think, you know, for me, I was looking for a business partner in every sense of the word. You know, of course, Fame is a great thing. <laughs> it really, really is going to help me. But actually, we wanted a partner that actually would come in with an idea about what, you know, consumers really wanted and somebody that would come in with an idea about how to market, how to be socially engaging, really understanding their audience. And what Chloe brings is, you know, a lot more than just the fame side of things. She's been extremely opinionated and we love it. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. Shocker. Um, but, you know, I think that's what we're looking for. We definitely wanted somebody who was going to come and really be able to bring a lot of strength and power and authenticity to the project and more than that somebody that you know our customer base was going to look at and go yes she really does stand for this new idea of what is sexy and what the body revolution really stands for and that is really really important we want the you know the customer to believe in in what we're trying to do and it's it's you know easier said than done really I'm very very selective as to what I do with my own brand I'm very much like obsessed with health and fitness and whatever that means, not being any certain size, but just health in general. Um, and that goes to this denim line and transcending into fashion. And so that's very much me and what my passion is and empowering women and children and all that like very much speaks to who I am and what if I not even on any scale, it's what I would want to do, even if it was just to 10 people. But having the blessing of a large platform, if I'm able to encourage a hundred people, a thousand people, like that's what I feel like my platform should be used for, something positive and not just, hey, look at my look for less today. You know, it's like <laughs> we have to use things for the better us. And I think that's why I was given these platforms. Chloe and Beyonce both found partnerships they wanted to invest in, but some famous people are developing products from scratch that jive with their personal brands. Josh Ostrovsky and David Oliver Cohen have created serious names and followings for themselves through characters spawned on Twitter and Instagram. You probably don't know those names. You maybe know them better by their comedic handles. Josh is the fat Jewish, and David is the man behind white girl problems. 
The Fat Jewish has 9.1 million Instagram followers, and David's character, Babe Walker, has 154,000. David and his brother are the best-selling authors behind the books that are based on Babe's totally fictional life. David and Josh use the analytics available on social media platforms to basically reverse engineer a product that they knew their fans would buy. Their first product, White Girl Rosé, was introduced last year. They've since expanded to canned wines, and they're introducing a new Pinot Grigio called Family Time is Hard for the holiday season. My first inclination when we started White Girl Problems was like, I can monetize this. It was honestly, a, it was 09 or early 10, and, and I was thinking, you know, this could be, we have a thousand followers in three days. That's a lot of people. Um, the actress Emma Roberts had like, we had a friend, she was a mutual friend, and she must have seen it and retweeted it, and we had 80 friends following us, and the next day there were a thousand people, and the day after that there were 2,000, and then we, I just said, let's focus on the content. Like, if we focus on the content every day, right, one great joke per day, this will grow, and mm-hmm. it just kept going. Well, so you thought early on that you could monetize this, and I, I'm curious, you know, how did you come up with that strategy and, and move into this product era that you're in now because a lot of celebrities or people who find themselves suddenly famous, they'll do an endorsement deal. But it seems like more and more people are moving on to saying, I want to have control over whatever my name is on. I want to be invested in it. I mean, you can kind of take Yeah, I mean, for me, it was more that like I once I had an audience like, you know, brands and stuff were approaching me. But the problem is, is that like most of them have really bad ideas and like want to do really bad stuff. And that and their products are bad and their products are bad. And that usually people with large audiences are willing to sort of cash grab on these opportunities, which is totally fine. It's totally fine for you to like hold up a Bud Light and be like drinking this as part of my normal day because I love it in my drink time at Bud Light and then like because that's fine like if you want to do that like I'm not that's totally okay but like that's not what we're we create stuff like we make content we're not just like and and, like things got complicated I'm like I want to ride a jet ski that's on a horse and I want to you know like the post (laughs) has got to be really capture people's imagination and that prohibited me from working with a lot of the brands because they would come to me and be like we want to get crazy let's get out of control like it, with the, we're in the fat Jew business we're not your normal brand whatever you want to do and then I'd be like what about what about this and they'd be like not that that's insane <laughs> like legal is freaking we can't and I'm like wait what and then I'm like here's a much less crazy and they're like not that either or anything what about just this and then I'm like well why did you even suggest that we could do whatever we wanted so I turned down most stuff then we were just like why are we doing this like why don't we just create the product and why don't we just run all of the marketing and do everything that we're doing anyway and just like do something for us Mm -hmm. um you know we basically reverse engineered like the rosé in that you're not coming to the consumer and being like hey here's a product do you like it you should buy it we through the analytics like obviously can see that there was a giant gaping hole in the market in that like no one was had any brand affinity to rosé you know like they were just going in and being like here's how much money i have can i get a bottle what can i get for this like where's your rosé not like not yeah. like, like when you buy vodka, you're like, can I get Tito's? Kettles? Can can I get kettle? Can I get Tito's? Can I? But no one's walking like unless you're like a French guy with tiny glasses, you know, like a 23 <laughs> year old girl is not walking in. Like she doesn't care. She's just like, I want rosé. I'm going to a pool party. It doesn't matter. It's rosé. So we reverse engineered it in that like once by the time we decided what to do, we already knew that the market was there. And once it arrived, we you know were not surprised that it was able to gain some traction. And we were just able to like service the market something we already knew that they wanted, which is like kind of nice as opposed to being like do you like this when you guys were looking for partners you wanted someone who would let you be yourself have creative control wouldn't try to strong arm you into one direction or the other 
Do you guys work with any other brands now, or is it mainly you guys kind of doing your own thing with partners behind the scenes? Because, I mean, it seems like you guys would bring a lot to a brand. Sure, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely still get approached all the yeah. time, and it's just a, it's less of a priority for us, I'd say. Uh, we still feel a lot of interest. I mean... Yeah, basically at this point, just it's not a priority because we're so busy. We do everything with this wine. Like, we, from the, the actual, like, procurement of it to the marketing to the, you know, to the events. I mean, I'm, like, flying around the country, like, doing the weirdest like wine events so weird yeah i'm in like tampa like just like just like we're we're with people we sort of never anticipated being with like in the alcohol space like 200 sales reps from a distributor like in california and we go and like present to them about the wine and like they're like salespeople from like southern california we have, like get them charged up like we, like walk you know what? they're they just heard like a half an hour <laughs> on like some pinot noir like about the vines and the tools they use and the 94 points and then we come in like chanting like rose rose <laughs> make them chant rose yeah and then show them pictures of like martha stewart drinking our wine and justin bieber and like ridiculous people and we don't talk about the wine at all we're just like it's pretty good like people like drinking it do you think that this sort of new wave of new kinds of celebrities i guess is driving the move maybe toward celebrities wanting to be more involved in the brands that they're working with you know we saw beyonce works with watermelon water but she's not standing there holding a bottle of watermelon water it just feels like there are more people like you guys who see i can build a brand i can create a product i know what to do i don't need somebody else's stuff yeah i think it was out of necessity for us i think that we realized pretty early uh maybe a little bit ahead of the curve that our audience which is largely millennial they're they're not super astute at like a lot of things like if you ask them to like hang a shelf they'll just use like the wrong end of a hammer but one thing they're incredible at they're very good at like smelling a shill they know when you're when you're pandering when you're just like selling them something and we tried to in the early days like we tried to make it seem like we were not doing that because we needed the money and then we realized like actually this doesn't work and actually hurts our audience and we're losing people and their trust so I think celebrities are just realizing that there's so much noise now there are so many celebrities with such big followings that if you just are advertising something it just doesn't feel it's probably twofold like one I think people have realized and now it's like you can do all this stuff can be done yourself you don't need like an expert being like we make you know whatever like you know suntan lotion like we should put your name on it like now like Jessica Alba realizes that she can source some suntan lotion that's made out of something natural whatever you can cut the middleman out and not only that but also the second element right is that they've realized that putting your name onto something and just like hocking it out people again especially millennials they know that like it's like you can't just come in and try to like hock something to them they really are bad like some of them can't write with pens and they can't like do a lot of different stuff they have like a very weird skill set they definitely can't like change tires and like never but if you come in and are like yo yo yolo swag like with the wavy like you know like on fleek stuff like buy this product they're like get out of my face so i think celebrities have realized that like putting like actually creating the products from like an authentic place that you're not just putting your name on something it's probably gonna like resonate a lot better like and cut through all the noise um so it's probably both probably both of those things Celebrities have been endorsing products for hundreds of years. I mean, Mark Twain did it and even trademarked his name in 1905. 
But consumers today have a sharper ability to call out fakers. Like Josh said, millennials may be horrible at a lot of things, like writing in cursive, which I can do, but they can sense someone who's being inauthentic from a mile away. Right. That's changed the relationship between fame and businesses. For companies, it can actually hurt your product to hire a famous person if their image doesn't align with yours. For celebs, their personal brands can be tarnished if they accept work that doesn't fit with what fans expect. The new standards have fueled and been fueled by the rise of social media platforms like Instagram. Consumers are influenced by that kind of content because, whether it's true or not, it at least seems more real than a professionally directed television commercial. But even if certain kinds of old-school advertising don't work as well anymore, the scope of celebrity influence is still extremely vast. Like Andrea said, the Kardashians have had a major impact on our spending. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to stop looking to Hollywood or the internet for social cues anytime soon, but at least the people doing the influencing are being truer to their core values. I mean, they want to be authentic, too. True dat. Thanks for listening to this episode of Material World. Check out our other episodes on Bloomberg.com, iTunes.com slash Material World, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jenny M. Kaplan and Lindsay's at LC Rep. You can follow our guests, if you're not already, on Instagram at TheFatJewish, at Chloe Kardashian, and at Babe Walker. We'll be back in two weeks. thing with rosé right as long as it's like cold and like doesn't taste like a dirty diaper like it's pretty much acceptable